This guy has got such a good vibe. I really think you've got something here. I'm really gonna take a chance now. Lindsay, will you go to opening day with me? <laughs> yes. I will destroy you with my turbo glove, the ultimate weapon against the robot threat. But to be a true hero, you'll have to save your girlfriend. Hey, what's that in your head? It's a, it's a, it's a comic book. What's it about? It's about a turbo rider. What was it you said to me before? yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> That's all. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. And welcome back to Podcast 19. Uh, I'm your host, Donovan Smith, here with my buddy, as always, John Schatzer. Hello. Uh, how's, it going, buddy? how's it going? Good, good. So uh, we're going to get into a bunch of movies today, uh, kind of holiday-themed. Um, I am festive as Fuck. Yeah, we'll start out with a couple of ones that kind of kind of deal with Thanksgiving and whatnot, uh, and then we'll hop into like a bunch of our uh, Christmas stuff. Which yeah, I've been having a great time going through some Christmas uh, stuff too. But I know you've got a bunch of stuff you want to talk about. But I did want to hop into some of the Thanksgiving stuff first. Uh, first off, I wanted to ask you: Did you watch Thanksgiving at all? Did you actually get to check that out or no? No, I I, I don't go to the theater, so I just oh. I'll wait till it shows up. Yeah, it's it's great, man. I, I'm I'm. I have a feeling you'll really enjoy it. So I did watch uh, the Ohio Lens Thanks Killing movie, which is a great movie. Yeah, of course, with uh, my buddy uh, Ryan Francis, who's been on this uh, show before, or not on this show, but been on my one of my podcasts before in the in the Mouth Monster. You know, they shot that down um, about an hour and a half where I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot it in Ohio. Yeah, it's by uh, oh, who was down <clears throat> by Columbus. Dad. Oh, the main guy that uh, directed it, though. I forget his name uh, right now. Hey, now, it's a trip because that dude does Thanks Killing, which is a fun but utterly goofy and silly flick. And yeah. he, he did that. What is it that? Um, oh, he did. He did that like low budget. It's got like a Viking monster hunter guy movie. Yeah. See? Yeah. I yeah. And that movie is completely different, but totally genius. But yeah, Thanks Killing is, I mean, obviously a classic. I mean, love that film, you know. I I just love the craziest part in that entire movie where, uh, the you know, Turkey, his name is Turkey, uh, basically uh, kills the chick's dad, the girl's dad, the main girl's dad, and uh, wears his face and knocks on the door and she answers it. And she's like, oh, hey, dad, as she's looking down at a turkey wearing a face like Leatherface. But, of course, oh, yeah. it's not a turkey's face, so... But that is just, I, I mean, that part is absolutely genius. Have you seen, uh, the director's name is um, 
um, uh, Jordan Downey. Have you seen his yeah, uh, The Headhunter? Uh, yeah, I think I have actually. Yeah, it's a minimalist um, shot on like next to no budget, and it's absolutely awesome. And I just realized he hasn't done anything in five years as a director. That's terrible because that if if you I highly recommend, and it's not a Thanksgiving movie, but I highly well, I mean, recommend. I he did do. Check. He did do Thanks Killing Three, but yeah, but that was in 2012. That movie's 11 years old. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that it wasn't very good, but. <laughs> Nobody. He also. Do you know he did a fan movie for Critters? Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 and that's really good. It's better than the, the actual friggin' Critters movies they've been making. I'm a Critters nerd, so. Yeah, I love I love me some Critters <clears throat> rights. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to talk because uh, I have my buddy uh, uh, Christopher uh, Moore, Chris Moore, uh, Christopher Wesley Moore. If you want to get his name correct for his film here but um he's done a couple films recently that i uh i reviewed for him and stuff and um so i had i told you i wanted to kind of review this for him and stuff on this podcast uh the thing was is that um i haven't announced this anywhere yet or really told anybody i i did tell him but um i'm kind of going to step out of the review game and step away from the websites for a little bit and do my own thing uh so i i was supposed to review this film for him you know on a website in written form but I just couldn't uh, get my head into the game of doing uh, written reviews right now. So I was like, hey, you know, can I do it for the podcast? And he was like, sure. And I was like, all right, that'd you know, be a little easier for me to just voice my opinion on the film as opposed to looking for the correct words to convey, you know, what the, you know, the aspects I was, you know, I'm trying to get across and stuff. But so well, I, I actually will be writing a review for this, too, for my website. So. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's that's good because you know, well, I, I just I had to I have to step away from the review thing, man. It's just I don't know. I I, I just, it just takes too much of time from me right now to for me to do it anymore because of all the stuff I got going on. But yeah, but so his film is uh, when the trash man knocks. It's a brand new one. So, but go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, I'm just saying I I will write a review for it, but I don't I don't know if anybody's gonna be thrilled by it. So, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, I'm not going to say this is my favorite film of his. I've only watched three of his films. And I think the last one, uh, Children of Sin, which I think you can find on Tubi right now or something like that. Um, it, I, I actually enjoyed that one. Really, really enjoyed that one. And this one wasn't half bad. Um, you know, I do enjoy a lot, a lot of parts of this film, but there are some things that, you know, I didn't like as well. Like, cause I know you had said, had mentioned it to me and, and, you know, we said, <clears throat> we, we'd, I said, you know, let's give an honest review and, and say it. So, you know, I thought it was a little slow in certain areas. Um, and like you had mentioned, uh, there was some editing that could have, you know, some editing that needed. Hey, the movie's too long. It's 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 like yeah. 90 some minutes long. He, and he doesn't have 97 minutes of material. I think there's a lot of characters that don't need to be in this. Um, yeah, that was another you, thing I actually thought. You know, and 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 the the sad fact is is it basically when the trash man. You want me to give a synopsis real quick? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, all right. So this movie is basically when the trash man knocks, and it's effectively a slasher film. Um, and it's effectively Halloween, the original Halloween set on Thanksgiving. And when I say effectively, that because he he actually does very carpenter esque music. Yeah. Um, to the point where there there are areas I'm like, well, that sounds just like the damn music from the fog, which obviously is not Halloween, but it's that same kind of like John Carpenter style of music. Um, but he also lifts. Did you notice how many scenes he lifted right out? 
of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, of course. We, yeah, you know me and my. Yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that right away as yeah, well. There's a scene with the killer under the sheet. There's a. There's even yeah. um, the one where the girl where Annie's on the phone yeah. and he's outside the door. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. except that this is in the house, but they do the same thing with French doors where the killer's behind her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, where she's on the front, um, you know, and then there's even like a psycho thing where yeah. one of the characters gets killed and, and she's like pulling on the, the so like it's it's, Coward, it's, yeah. it's effectively a slasher movie. But my problem is, is I think the kills are generally pretty bad with the exception of one of them. Um you know, and I get they it's a low budget movie. I think it was like twenty thousand dollar budget. But yeah. you can even even like cheesy looking rubber like this and that, you know, appliances. I know people can do it because we've seen it. We've yeah. seen people do good decent and like here, everything is off screen, you don't see anything. Um, and people will say, I, I get it, like, well, if he's aping Carpenter, Carpenter didn't show us a lot. That's true, but Carpenter also manages to create like the stalking scenes and, and, and I, I'm going to keep going to Halloween because, you know, dude, he, he clearly is aping Halloween with this movie. So I'm going to compare it because if you want to keep reminding me of that movie yeah. or that you're, you're making your own take on that movie, um, then I'm going to compare it. And, and there's no tension in this movie. The characters are, are kind of not good. Um, you know, it's, there's nobody really to root for. That's kind of no. one of the things. Yeah, well, it, it it definitely feels like a low budget movie that was shot in bits and pieces. So you have like you definitely have like occasionally the characters will cross over, but then there's characters that spend most of their time with a different set of actors in a different location. It's like clear you shot some of this with these people, and then you had one guy who was a friend of yours or an actor that you had that came and shot with you. Like there's a lot of disconnection, and it, that creates yeah, I get that you. creates that creates a narrative that doesn't really feel cohesive and there's no tension. There's no characters you get into. There's no nothing like that. Now, the one thing I will say about this movie that I did notice is um, he does some really creative stuff with the camera work and the lighting, you know? Um, and, and I also think that, you know, the ending, he nails the ending. It's, it's like, it, it, it's like, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm like, all right. Yeah, this is good. And then like, not, I'm not going to give a spoiler because it's a new movie, but, but the ending, let, let's just say they're, they're going to make sure there's not a sequel. Um, and that I did appreciate because that didn't fall into, yeah, you know, if she had to turn, I, I, I was expecting the end for her to turn around him to be gone. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I know where that came from. Um, but he didn't do that. So I got to be honest with you, man. You know, I watch a lot of independent movies, but but the one of the, and I, I, I don't, this is different, but it also reminds me of every damn independent zombie movie that that is made. And because it's in public yeah, domain, yeah. how many zombie movies have you watched where a character in that zombie movie is watching Night of the Living Dead? Oh yeah, it's like every movie, or at because, least hey, it's public domain. I can put it in. Yeah. It's like, and and I'll feel about this movie the same way I feel about those things. It's like I almost would have liked this better if he had not done the shit where he was trying to to like beef similar or inspired by halloween because it's like the last thing you want to do as an independent filmmaker when you're working on a budget and when you're not necessarily working with the talent around you that you might that like a carpenter had and and 
I'm sorry. I hope this guy's not going to be offended, but I don't think he's John Carpenter. So let's just be honest. Okay. So the last thing you want to do, you, you should go do your own thing. The last thing you want to do is keep reminding me of a movie that I'd much rather be watching. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not, I've never seen any of his movies, uh, but, but based on the camera work and the lighting and stuff, sure. I I'd give a, I'd give another one of his movies a shot because I think he does have talent. I, I yeah, just don't know. This, pro, this project just did not seem well thought out to me. It's yeah. Like, dude, don't, don't do that. Yeah. He, ha- I think he has a ton of potential. And I think what I thought about this was I thought he, cause I, if I, I remember kind of seeing him advertise about this and how he's doing it. And I think he rushed it. I, that's, I, that's what I think my, the problem was is that he kind of rushed things too fast and they didn't give him time to, like you said, come up with his own, you know, certain scenes and things like that to add in and, and do some of his own work. The gore <laughs> kind of, for me, was kind of hit or miss. It was like, sometimes it looked really good and sometimes it didn't. And then you, like you said, the lighting was great and stuff, but, there was so much use of the, and I get tired because you, you told me like when you watch my short film, how you get tired of the old, you know, uh, layover, the overlays of the, you know, the old uh, 35 millimeter scratches and stuff like that. And I get tired of seeing the, you know, and I guess because I've watched a lot of films from overseas and a lot of the UK guys and stuff like that, like to use this lighting, but they use the blues and the purples and the reds. And I, and I, I get so tired of seeing that. And one of the things I did not like about this film, which I thought about all of his films that I've seen, is I think he shoots them too dark. I think he needs to lighten them up just a little. Yeah, I mean, more. The one but. thing I did like about the lights is is everybody a lot of the I see this a lot out of, out of the the low budget guys in Europe too, and it's because everybody over there is trying to be freaking Baba and Argento. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. they use a lot of like the, yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, the 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 color gels and stuff to give it yeah. a soft and weird glow and light. But the reason I like it here. Is he uses it as sparingly? Um, yeah, he did. well he uses it as as a as a uh, as a punctuation to scenes because if you yeah, look like every time he uses them, the colors it has to do with the Christmas lights and and I I meant to say this too like the absolute best part of this movie ties into that is the Christmas lights for our main character is agoraphobic she's like traumatized by yeah. a previous run in with this killer. And she's afraid to leave the house. And 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 so like the lights for her at the end, especially at the end, the lights, the Christmas lights reflecting on her face, that was kind of interesting. And then yeah. I, I will I will say this, dude. I, I've seen people try to do the agoraphobic thing, and the actress does oh, really well great. with it. Yeah. But I also think the way that he shoots her. Like the way he creates the visuals of her panicking, just getting to the bottom of her steps. Now yeah. that I'm like, I'm watching that going, oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I say he has a ton of potential. And if you saw the one uh, Children of Sin that I saw, she was in it as well, and she was really good. She that she's just a great actress, indie actress. I don't I don't necessarily remember her name, which I'm gonna have to learn now because you know now seeing it a couple of times, she's really great. I yeah. at least I think. But and just to be clear, I'm not ripping on the actors in this either. I don't I don't think the script is great. And if you say it was rushed, that would make a lot of sense. But I, I also want to say for a $20,000 independent film, I, I don't think there's a single person in the cast that's not at least able to deliver their lines and be a decent yeah. actor. Yeah. So he, he definitely nailed the part of like getting decent actors to be in his movie. And like you said, the, 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 if she was in an, I can see why he reused her because 
the woman yeah. who plays the agoraphobic uh plays the yeah. um they have good chemistry together so well yeah um yeah uh, caroline is her name yeah caroline the that that actress that plays caroline who's our who's the agoraphobic mom you know i almost you know donovan here's the thing rather than run around with her rather than because they they're like they actually the whole bit with her like her friend who is like meeting up with her boyfriend who's going to propose to her like uh -huh. the older woman and then that older woman's daughter and her band and all of her girlfriends uh -huh. i never really understood why the killer was even bothering with them it, yeah. they're just there as fodder yeah and they actually have really no connection with what i thought the main part of the story which was carolyn and her son justin yeah, which so I thought it was kind of weird too because he like says that like so like the trash man's supposed to like uh you know because it's centered around Thanksgiving and somewhat Christmas you know with the Christmas lights and stuff yeah but so he's well, but I mean yeah, I think for that all of us, that's when the lights go up I don't know how yeah. it is out out where you live like here in the Midwest yeah. oh yeah I definitely Thanksgiving you know, is when before. everybody starts to decorate and that's when you you can actually drive around the neighborhoods and see all the lights and stuff yeah so that out makes here, sense to me. People put put it up a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, even. Uh, mm -hmm. But 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 my but my uh, my point was is that uh, it's, it's supposed to be centered uh, around Thanksgiving, and and so the trash man is supposed to uh, collect people that he wants to take as his family for Thanksgiving. And well, I didn't understand. Of them anyway. I didn't understand. Like, so what? Like, like so is he? But he was just killing people. He wasn't taking anybody. Well, so I but, mean, but the thing is, it, or, is like. I, I don't know. Right. I, that kind of confused me. So they're, I was kind of like, uh... they try to set it up like he's taking body parts and he's assembling the best parts of the people into his like family. Yeah. Right. So, so they cool. do that. Like they set it up like he's taking body parts and putting them in a trash bag, which is why he's the trash man. Yeah. But he, we see a couple of kills early on and he chops them up, takes certain pieces, but he keeps leaving the trash bags behind. Yeah, and then sometimes you know, he's full bodies and he's just killing people, and you're like, so then he's not even taking anything. So then, no, yeah, it, it's like they uh, set yeah, up the, they set up the, they set up the killer, and then they don't even follow the rules they set for the killer. Yeah, so like I thought the script had a lot of potential, and the character of the trash man is actually a really good character and really, really, you know, I think it's a really smart idea and everything. I just don't think he executed it well, and like I said, I think that's the reason being is I think he rushed it too fast, just yeah, trying to put out another film and yeah, get they, something out there in time. To me, had he managed the scale a little better, Donovan? Think about this: what if the movie was about twenty-five minutes shorter and all the shit? with her friend and her friend's daughter and all her kid all of her friends which yeah. i know is most of the kills but what if we wipe all that away we get the opening kills we get the guy tracking her down because she has moved and he wants to kill her and her yeah. son and what if the whole movie is her being basically stalked by this guy yeah that would have been even better because she calls the cops and the cops like yeah we know who you are you're 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 crazy yeah. we'll get there when we can so you could add the whole the cops are ignoring her she's been laid siege in the house and yeah maybe that's a harder movie to make and you're not going to have as many kills but then if you don't have as many kills you could take the resources you spread out thin and focus on a few kills because if you think of halloween the movie he's aping there's not a lot in that movie kill wise no there's only actually on screen four kills yeah so so they could have he like say if you really want to make a halloween type movie and again i'm going to keep mentioning it yeah less know, is when more you, yeah when you put that much effort into into like copying scenes from halloween then again that's going to be the template i apply that's the filmmaker's choice and not mine um but it's like you dude you you could have made a much shorter tighter movie 
Hey, and you could have because because I tell you the best part to this movie is when the actress playing Caroline is on screen. You know, just her in the room talking to the dead mother who's not really there, but we get like a, we see that she sees her dead mother there. That shit's all weird, but that's when the movie, to me anyway, is the, at its most yeah. interesting. Yeah, it starts to get really in, yeah, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did. I do have to say this too. I want to mention. I thought the best part of the movie was actually the very opening, beginning part where it plays out like a true crime movie at first, and they're interviewing this lady who's telling you about what happened and stuff. I was like, that's actually kind of of a really smart, cool idea he he pulled off, and. You know, but then it leads into the actual movie, and so it's like we don't we don't get any more of that. Well, I thought if maybe he would have kept it more like like a real true crime style. Yeah, like that was, that was a letdown. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Was like, that was I, I think because... that would have been more interesting. But even uh, if he only used that at the beginning, that's a really creative way of setting yeah. up a, a background or setting up a story in a manner that most of us have seen. We've all watched what is it? You know, like Dateline and shit like that. And yeah. It felt like a Dateline. They were talking about an actual yeah. killer. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you're being really creative with the way you're doing it. Yeah. Didn't cost you a lot of money to do that, but you're already establishing the killer, his motivations, yep. what he does, how he yep. operates. Yeah, I thought and that then, was like you said, genius. He, like you said, he does all this really neat trick of setting all that up, and then they ignore it. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my problems. It's like, yeah, because he talk, they talk about it, and they, they tell you how many kills are in it too, because it tells you, you know, it does one of those little true crime things where it tells you know the text comes across the screen and tells you like he killed twelve people, and you know this is what went down, and you know, but I don't know. I mean, I like like I said, man, I you know I enjoy his movies because it's like he has potential, and you could tell at least he's trying to do things, and he's like you know he's, I mean, in this one he kind of. The other two I've seen of his weren't like this, where he he kind of you know straight straight up kind of stole shots and stuff, you know, and it wasn't really stealing. It, I know he, he you know it's kind of his homage to or whatever, but it's like even though he you know they were like literally almost direct scenes, but I mean other than that, his other two films are you know to me were you know are, are were a lot more uh, interesting. I thought just because of the fact that they were you know they were more original and different and whatnot. But I really like his, you know, he's got he's got a lot of potential. That's that's the thing I like about his films is at least he's got potential, and you can see some genius strokes in there, like the beginning, you know, where it opens up as true crime. I thought that was just I haven't seen anybody do that yet, and I thought that was just you know insane and so so cool. But then he follows it up, you know, after that with just you know kind of just a regular movie, you know. And, it, it feels unfocused, basically. It feels yeah. like the changes were being made on the fly, and that never ends up well. Yeah, like I said, it it felt rushed. I think it was just too rushed to me. I think he just, he wanted to get the movie done and put out quickly, and I think he just rushed on it, you know, because a lot lot of times, especially for indie guys and and people like myself, like when we put the movies together, we're trying to get them done in a certain, you know, time frame and stuff. We're not like, you know, we don't have a year to you know wait and mess with it although some people with movies like this maybe they he should have waited you know and took time to you know well all right but here's the thing he put this out it's not i mean right now the ratings are decent for it but the ratings are decent for it because it's basically friends families and selected people who got early looks at it that this always happens i've seen this a million times with independent filmmakers if it hits tubi or if it hits like one of the other streaming services it's on prime right now yeah the more people that see it the more negative reviews it's going to get because it's got massive issues and a lot of people are just going to like watch 20 minutes of it go online and bitch that's not fair but that's how it works yeah that's just how and 
you know, and, people who don't love movies like us, that's how they review things. Well, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, I, I sit through the entire movie and, and yeah. here's the thing. I, I, I sat through a really bad movie that I actually rather didn't really bother me all that much. Cause I had, you know, it, it, it never, it never varied from being bad. It was what it was from the beginning to the end. This movie really, really, really pissed me off. And not because it's worse than the other movie. It's because this movie, and I think I've said this on, on the Shitty Shark Show back in the day, this movie had potential. Yeah. At times, this movie was sort of cool. Yeah. At times, you could see the germ of an idea. And I understand having to rush things out, but as an independent filmmaker, and I'll say this to you and I'll say this to anybody else that makes movies. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a consumer of film, but I will tell you this right now. You have one opportunity for most folks. You know, like in, you might make six movies, but each one of those movies, and you're not making you're not making a massive Marvel film that everybody's just going to go see to go see. Yeah. Hey, a lot of times, people are going to find your movie. So every time you make a movie, it better damn well have something going for it, because that might be the only time that person ever gives your any of your projects an opportunity. Yes. And when you get close to actually having a really cool idea, I get you want to get it out there. Man, take an extra three months, take an extra two months, take an extra six months. Make sure you're prepped and you got good stuff. Because if you're a hack, you're a hack. All right. And I'm not gonna name the one guy, but you know who I'm talking about, who decides to like, you know, make movies yeah. where where most like 61 minute long movies, where almost half the movie, if not all of the movies, a flashback to the previous installation. Yeah. Or the previous, the previous installment, I should say. Um this is not that guy. This guy's got some ideas. This guy's got some cool shit. Like you already mentioned the, the, like the dateline kind of opening and then and setting up the killers. So you get into it and you're understanding the rules of the, of the story in the movie and then deviating immediately from it. And then adding all these extra characters in the, up the body count, which keeps taking us away from the shit in there. That's really interesting. You know, and, and the other thing is if you have investors or a distributor that says, Oh, we need more blood. We need more kills. That might not be the best thing for you to do. Yeah. You know, because because again, if they'd focused on on Carolyn in her house and the killer and minimize the distractions and state, because think about it, how much on how much this movie deviates away from her and spends so much time. Like, why the hell do we have to see her son Justin having to deal with shitty customers at work? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Which is Which funny because you know, Justin is that is Chris Moore. He's the one that is directed that? it, wrote it, and directed it. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks so it. much different in the picture. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All oh, right. yeah. Trust me, I know. Yeah, that's him. He's been in a couple yeah. of his movies that I've seen. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like, dude, you, you, you're, you're sh like the shit that you did with, with, uh, you know, with not, and I think the Justin character is really interesting. I would, I would have seen, I would have loved to have more of the interaction between him and his mom and in the movie yeah. Carolyn because yeah. that would be really cool. That would be wicked awesome. Yeah, um, that was my that was my Boston, New England thing. Wicked awesome. <laughs> but but uh, still pops out once in a while. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this movie had potential and, and it was interesting, which is why I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the typical film uh, watcher. I'm gonna, I, I, I will see things from 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 an independent filmmaker and go, that's interesting. I want to check out the next thing they do. I might not like this, but I want to check out the next thing they do, because they got something different in their brain. Yeah, that's why I, you know, way of looking at it. 
Yeah, that's why the first one I watched of his, I can't remember the name. It was something to do with like stranger or something or something with the word stranger. And it was the title. I can't remember right off the bat. But um, and so I had saw it and I was like, oh, you know, this is actually very interesting. And so then I got a chance next year to watch another one of his films or, or not next year. It was a little while later, but uh, Children of Sin. And I watched that one. I thought that one was really good. And so, of course, I, you know, each time I see more potential from this guy. And so I'm like, hey, when he had this one and people were I saw a lot of, you know, reviews saying how how fantastic it it was and so i don't you know i don't buy into reviews and things like that you know myself I, I would rather watch it and make my own opinion so that's what i you know i he had reached out to me and was like hey you want to review it and i'm like yeah sure and yeah this one is just it's hard to convey for me on paper you know in right in written form uh what i really felt about it i feel, felt it was easier just to do on this on this show you know and, and talk it out but so with that being said, we'll move on from Thanksgiving stuff and head wow. into uh, hey, before we before we I think we probably should give the our actual like recommendation for the film. Oh, yeah. I, I did I did find stuff in this movie that I was thought was interesting. Like I've stayed and I try to keep it positive, but the truth is it's too long, it's too slow, it's too unfocused, it's too much trying to be other things. I can't I can't recommend this movie. I don't think that it's worth the investment and time to watch. And that's not me be trying to be mean or discount or, or discourage or, or anything like that towards the filmmaker and the cast. I just think this one's a misfire, but there is talent in front of the camera. I do think the, the director and writer, which is the same guy, I do think he has an interesting voice and I will check out the next project and I will keep an eye out for his stuff. I just don't like this one. And I don't think this one's going to play to people. Yeah. And I get you on that. I would say I do recommend it, but only to people that enjoy his films and, and like film, you know, indie films like this, because you have to be, you have to be a certain type of movie goer, like me or you to actually watch this and, you know, take it all in and be able to say what we think about it. Most people, like you said, will just watch it and just be one and done. So like, you know, I do recommend it, but only to the certain people that would you know, there are there are people that would enjoy it. I, I but I don't think it's for everybody. No, but I mean, I I did enjoy it, and of course I'm going to check out his next thing because he keeps showing me little pieces of genius here and there every time, in, in each of the different films I've seen from him so far, and so you know, at one point he might end up making a huge hit. So who knows? You know, and check him out, and you know, keep watching, see what he's doing, and see what happens. So, but. Yep. Yeah, so from there, yeah, let's move on to some festive stuff here because, uh, I mean, we kind of teased uh, uh, Slother House, so if you want to go through that real quick before we hop into all of our Christmas stuff, because I know we got a bunch of Christmas stuff, especially I want to talk about, you know, Letters <clears throat> to Satan Claus, so, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Slother, Slother House is easy, dude. Yeah, it's quick and easy. Yeah, yeah. Slother House is a slasher movie, only instead of a mass killer, you have a homicidal sloth. Yeah. And and puppet. puppet, yeah, that sounds absurd, and it is absurd, and yeah. it works. And oh, they lean oh, into wow. it. My so favorite wow. thing, the favorite thing they do with this movie, and they lean into the, they lean into the whole concept, which is you know you watch. We've all watched slasher movies, and we're like, how the hell did the killer get all the frick way over there? Yeah, how the hell does the killer catch people? They're running, he's walking. Yeah, well, they keep they actually mention that in this movie. How does this sloth keep ending up everywhere? Yeah. And you, you're like, okay, fine. They're in on the they're they're in on one of the tropes of the slasher genre. That's funny. But then out of nowhere, dude, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I 
almost fell out of my friggin' chair when all of a sudden, because initially it's just a sloth. It's an animal. It's a yeah. creature. Yeah. And it starts to kill people. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, the sloth is now taking selfies and, and talking oh, yeah. to people on social media. And then, and then the fucking sloth steals a car to go kill somebody at the hospital. Yeah. And he's driving and you're like, and he's oh, driving and having I, I, a good time. I lost it, dude. I was I'm laughing like, my ass off when I saw that. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? It, yeah, I just talked about a movie setting rules. Hey, <laughs> the the this movie Slaughterhouse set the rules of yeah, it's nuts, it's insane, it's not going to make sense. It's a slasher movie with a sloth. If you're going to try to apply logic to us, you're going to get lost. Just sit back and turn your brain off and have fun. And I did. It's a good movie. It's it's not perfect. But you know, every like they land enough of the jokes and enough of the silliness that it just it's 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 good. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I thought because uh, we were talking about um, zombievers, right? And um, mm-hmm. I thought this one blew that out of the water. Uh, that that sloth actually looks like it's moving around and stuff. It's not just all like you know gimmicky and and, and slapsticky. It actually looks like it's a real sloth doing stuff. You know, I mean, well, you can tell it's a little fake because you know the hair is fake and so. I mean, you know, but if you suspend you know, just a little bit of this, you know, suspend as a child, a yeah, as a child of the seventies and eighties, to 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 kind of lean into what you just said, as a child of the seventies and eighties, I feel like it's a lost art now but they used to really use it a lot in cinema and that's puppetry work yes whoever was doing the puppet work in this movie fantastic because there's a there's a dude in there or at least one or a couple of dudes and they're all it's a puppet all these animatronics it moves it 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 moves very naturally in a weird i mean it doesn't look real like a real sloth but it moves in a way that also doesn't make it look like, oh, that's a puppet with some guy just cutting his hand in there. That's right. my whole point. It doesn't look completely real, but it almost is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's close enough that you can actually kind of kick back and just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't get enough of that one, man. I just, yeah, that was, I, that was all, we, all I could hope for and more. I mean, I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be really stupid. And it turns out it actually had a good story, had good acting, had good camera work, like, I mean, cinematography was great. I just thought it was, it's one of those ones, man. I just, I couldn't believe they actually did that well for such a stupid premise, you know? The weird thing is, it is a stupid movie. It's enjoyably stupid. Yeah, that's the whole, yeah. (laughs) You know, and and had anybody involved or if the movie itself had tried to take things seriously, I think it would have been a complete joke and not in a good way. But no, like I said, they lean into the absurdity of the thing and like, you know, because like it's a little weird concept. And then all of a sudden the goddamn thing out of nowhere for no no discernible reason is 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 taking selfies and selfies, stealing yeah. Mustang. And driving Holy cars. Shit. Yeah. That was <laughs> my favorite stuff too, man. I was I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. I just like, you know what? They're just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know what this uh what the what the screenwriter was smoking or drinking, but man, I, I need to get me some of that. Yeah, because it was like Cocaine Bear, but like, I don't know, you know, because Cocaine Bear was such a huge budget. And this one, you know, you could tell it's obviously a a lower budget, but it was just as good, man. The spirit is the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The spirit of like, ah, fuck it, we're just going to go for it. They love Whoever made the movie loved making it, had fun doing it. You know, you could tell it came through on Mm -hmm. screen. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right because you can also tell when the people making the movie are having a fun. Like you said, oh, yeah. there's kind of a spirit or a vibe you get from it. Yep. Yeah, as uh, watching it, you're like, oh, these these guys were having a blast. It's almost like you know every goddamn fucking Nicolas Cage movie I watch. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there, even if it's not a good movie, you're like, Nick so Cage fun. is having a blast. So yeah, I could just tell, man, that they were just, you know, they had a lot of fun. Whoever did that, and the. I thought the story was great and the writing was fantastic. And I, I don't know, man, it's one of those ones where it's just like, I, I, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect it to be so well done and so well put together. That was the thing, you know, I expected it to be more like Zom Beaver, which isn't a, necessarily a bad thing. Cause I, I absolutely love Zom Beaver Beavers. You know, I, I think that's a fantastic film, but I thought it was going to be more Indians and slapstick kind of like that, but it wasn't at all. So I was pleasantly yeah. surprised with this yeah. one. <clears throat> So what did you want to so you said you've got some stuff you wanted to get into about uh oh, i have i have my uh my uh hidden gem and it's actually a holiday movie oh yeah this isn't really so much a hidden gem because most of the time it's one i've dug up that, that nobody's heard about this one's actually had some buzz but i did catch it um and it's i i forget which streaming service has it um but it's that movie that been, that's been floating around that came out this year called it's a wonderful knife Oh, I wanted to see that. I have not seen it yet. It's really good. It's 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 a slasher movie with a a character in this town called Angel Falls, and the killer is dressed like an angel, and this girl yeah. like this girl actually gets he, her best friend and a couple of her other friends are murdered by this person, and she kills the killer, like in the first fifteen minutes of the movie. And saves her brother, which is important. Because, you know, it's it's a take on it's a wonderful life. So of course she saves her brother. Yeah. But then like a year later at the next Christmas, everybody wants to be festive and she's still pissed off and, and traumatized. And basically does a whole I wish I was never born. And then the Aurora Borealis, because they didn't they didn't do like angels and shit in this one. I, well, I guess they kind of did the angel the killer's an angel. Um but it wipes her it wipes her off so she was never there to save her brother or or to stop the killer and she she, she like basically ends up in a nightmare version of her town and has to figure out first she has to learn to appreciate that she had a big uh impact on people you know it's basically it's a wonderful life with a body count um you know it's a canadian flick and um justin long is the bad guy because oh. we know who the killer is. Nice. You know who the killer is within 10 minutes. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we get a bit part from the cigarette smoking man from the X-Files at William something. Oh, like nice. Um, and then realize the, all the people the, in it. <laughs> and then the dad is, um, oh, what's, damn it. Um, the dad is actually played by the guy from Community. Um, the the stand-up comedian. Um, let me look this up. I got all my notes here. Donald um, Glover? Pardon? Donald Glover? Or talking no, about no, 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 yeah. no. He's not um, the main one on there. No, no, no. Um, damn it. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I've, there it is. I've never watched that show, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, no, the, the dad who is who is in it is played by um, Joel McHale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then uh, the guy, the, the guy was thinking about Cigarette Smoking Man. Yeah, that's actually... Um, um, William B. Davis. Now, the director. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a movie called Patchwork? No, but it sounds familiar. 
Patchwork is it's a great movie that's on Shutter. I think this one's on Shutter as well. Yeah, Patchwork is a great movie that's that's currently on that it's been on Shutter for a while. Has my it's one of my favorite movies of a few years ago. And and I'm not gonna try to explain what it is. I'm just gonna tell you you should check Patchwork out. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Um the director's responsible for that. This guy has made two movies and a third movie called The Tragedy Girls, which I've never seen, but I want to. It's also another take on a slasher movie. Yeah, I've seen, that, I've seen that poster. Yeah, and it's actually supposed to be solid. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is, you know, we, we just talked about a movie that was trying to ape another movie and they did it in a manner that I'm like, stop making me want to watch this other movie. This one, yeah, they, they reference It's a Wonderful Life, but they do it in their own way. And there's actually a, a, a dialogue between uh, two of the girls um, when she realizes she needs, she finds somebody to help her kind of set things right. Uh-huh. And and um, there's a sequence where she's like, oh my God, you're my George Bailey. And, Will you be my Clarence? And like, <laughs> actually, and I'm just like, okay, all right. But that's not over the top and in your face. It's it's really a very creative and well-made and fun flick. Yeah. So, check hey, if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Knife, check it out. And then also, if you get a chance out there listening and you can go on Shutter, Patchwork, I think, is still on Shutter. Um, and Patchwork from the same director is another great movie. So I guess there's a, a bonus hidden gem there. Patchwork's probably the real hidden gem because it came out. I saw it. I loved it. I keep telling people, turn, trying to turn people onto it, but not a lot of people talked about it. <clears throat> Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of uh, uh, it's a wonderful life because uh, I had mentioned to you if you wanted to talk about our just uh, so we can get them out there so people would know since this is kind of our Christmas episode, our top yeah. five, our top five of uh, favorite Christmas films. And while it's not in my top five, I have to say it because I never appreciated it's a wonderful life as a kid because it's it as a kid it's slow, boring, and it's black and white, and so I didn't appreciate it. As an adult, I've gr- I've really grown to appreciate that film, especially over the last couple of years. It kind of is sneaking its way up and in, into my top five. It's almost up there, uh, not quite yet, but I don't know. As the years go by, I think it might end up on it at some point. But that's just such such a fantastic movie, man. Just I mean, for anybody who's ever struggling and stuff, that's the movie you really want to watch. You know, uh, it's it's really uplifting movie, even you know. Even though it's all it's it's not and it's not necessarily a Christmas film, but I mean it is. It but, is. It's totally a Christmas yeah. movie. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I grew up with it. I grew up with that movie, and it's my second favorite Christmas movie. Oh yeah, see, yeah, I just yeah, it's such a fantastic film, man. I, and like I said, I didn't appreciate, it, but it was like me. It was like with the same thing I did with when I watched originally the '78 um, Halloween. I watched that movie, you know, as a young kid, and I didn't like it. It was slow, boring, didn't have any blood. I had already seen Freddy and things like that. I wanted more, you know. So, so when I saw it, I didn't appreciate it. it wasn't until a little bit later that I understood it and appreciated it a lot more, and you know. I got what it was about, got the, you know, the slow panning shots in Halloween. I understood what he was doing. Like, like we had said, since we're talking about Halloween as well, you know, he does those stalking moments where every time you see there's something going on in the background, Michael Myers there in a car, he's standing over here, he's doing this, those slow shots, those, I mean, and that, you know, so I'm starting to really appreciate some of these, these films, you know, a lot more. And it's a wonderful life has, I mean, it, it, just the the message in it man it's just uh, it's one of those ones that i yeah. I, I love i absolutely love now so yeah and so, i'll be watching it you know i bought the dvd I'll, I'll be watching it again this year obviously and 
So we want to do our top five then? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll hit you with my top five. You ready? Yeah, go for it. All right, my number five, and this is from, this is Ascending Order. So my number five movie is Christmas Story. I used to go see it in a theater on Black Friday. So it's really, I was, it was like how I kicked off my Christmas season. Uh, but that was right after things, the day after Thanksgiving, obviously everyone was back Black Friday. I don't have to explain that. Yeah. Um, so that's my number five. My number, and these aren't all going to be horror films. And and there's one movie on the, well, there's several movies on the list. People are going to be kind of like, oh, you're trying to be, you know, hipster. No, these are, these are genuinely the movies that I watch every year. So Christmas Story is my number five. My number four, I have a soft spot for this. I love me some Killer Snowman. I love Jack Frost. Oh, yeah. Not well, the Michael Keaton movie, but the Killer Snowman yeah. movie with yeah. Christopher Allport. Yes. And and I, I think I've told you, but I'll tell I'll share this with everybody. You know, do you all the the actor who plays the sheriff and Jack Frost? Do you know how he died? He was skiing in the mountains and died in an avalanche. They didn't find him for a few days. Really? He got killed by snow. No shit. No shit. True story. No, I did not know that. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. wow. Yeah, it's I, I freaking love up. that. I think I think when it comes to I mean, Christmas horror movies, man, if you want it like fun and, and just, you know, cool kills and stuff, that's the one to go to for me. But so, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's Christmas story. Um, and then and then um, um, Jack Frost. Um, and then I love this movie and, and people shit all over me for loving it. But I do. I love Bill Goldberg and Santa Slay. Oh, that's a fun one, too. Yeah, Yeah, yeah that's my number three. My number two is actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was my number three. My number two, I've already told everybody, is It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, which, I like I said, man, I appreciate you for that film. I love that movie. I grew up on that movie. It's grabbed my heart, you know. It's like, it's yeah, right. I, I was, I was a huge Jimmy for... Stewart because I love Westerns. So I was already a giant Jimmy Stewart fan. Um, if you ever want to check out a really good classic Western, people don't talk a whole lot about, but it's like people who love Westerns know about it, but like the general folks who are into John Wayne and Spaghetti Westerns, they don't really talk about this, but like Winchester 73 is a great friggin' movie. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a that's a, a movie from um from um um Jimmy Stewart. And then my number one all-time favorite Christmas movie. And I'm I, I, I already know. Yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> I'm not saying this to be cool. I've been saying this yeah. since I saw it for the first time in high school in the theater. I'm like, holy shit, this is the best Christmas movie ever. I was saying this since before there was even a goddamn internet, and I will die on this hill. Die Hard is the Christmas movie, and Die Hard is the is the Christmas movie. God love her that my wife and I sit down and watch every Christmas. Look, I'm not one to say it is or isn't a Christmas movie, but I'm saying it takes place on Christmas and has Christmas lights and all kinds of. I mean, it's, it's Santa's a present, man. It's a goddamn present. Yeah, it's 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 a Christmas movie. I'm sorry, it is. There there are two rules in my house and have been for at least a decade, decade and a half. And, and I don't mean to offend anybody, so I apologize if I do. But it is not Christmas until two things happen. One, Hans Gruber has to fall off the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> I knew you're going to say that. <laughs> and the other one, which I don't think I've ever said to you, but it's true. Is for me, it's not Christmas until I see Laura Linney sock titties. <laughs> you ever watch Love Actually? Uh, yeah, I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, I yeah. Watched it like so, so long, you, but... she actually gets topless. God love her. 
But yeah, those are the two rules. <laughs> it ain't Christmas and those two damn things happen. And I know that's probably sexist and obnoxious and blah, 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 blah. Guys, it's just a goddamn movie. Yeah. She's an incredibly talented actress. It's just kind of like a thing. It's like, oh, there they are. We're, we're at Christmas time now, buddy. Yeah. Oh, and I have an honorable mention. I don't know. Have you ever seen Mel Gibson's Fat Man? Uh, yeah, we talked about that uh, on uh, Shitty Shark Show before. Yeah, I actually like yeah. that one. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. Santa goes crazy and... <laughs> Santa Santa basically is Mel, angry Mel Gibson is Santa Claus and he's all like pissed off and then a hitman gets in after Santa Claus. But yeah, yeah, that's another one y'all should check out if you get a chance. Yeah, and so I got another one. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was about to ask what your top five are. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I got one or two. I want to say a special mention, even though people are probably going to laugh at me for this one, but I can't get enough of it for some freaking reason. I have no idea why, man. I just, I've got attracted to the songs, even though they're kind of auto-tuned and shit, and they're kind of shitty, but I still like them for some reason. And they have really cool numbers in it, like uh, music numbers in it, you know, with those songs and stuff. Uh, And they're Christmas-themed songs and stuff, but it's called um, A Cinderella Story, Christmas Wish, you know? Um, And it stars uh, Laura Morano, who's in... um, uh, Austin Alley from the Disney Channel back in the day um, and she's an actual you know musical artist and she she's the one singing the songs in it but of course they use some auto-tune to tune some of the parts to it so it, it has that weird kind of auto-tune sound but for, I don't know why I, for some reason I just love that movie I don't know it's just a fun movie to me and I, I keep watching it I, I find myself ever since they released it in uh, I think it was uh, 2019 and I didn't find it till 2020 and I, I haven't been able to stop like I watched it like five or six times throughout the throughout december each year i don't know why man it's just it's such a stupid movie and one of my guilty pleasures but i love it for some reason but uh but no my top five and uh i had talked about this one before too like i like we said uh we had done this uh before on the shitty shark show but uh my number five is actually this one called pete's christmas and it's basically one of those groundhog day movies where the guy has to basically it's his kid and he has to relive christmas over and over and over and over and over until he figures out whatever the problem is and solves it you know and and he's able to you know move on to the next day but it's just one of those ones um like i don't know it just has everything in it kind of christmas it has this weird christmas vibe and i thought it was really cool because like the kid he you know he like learns to play guitar because he has every day is christmas every time he wakes up so since he has to keep reliving the same day over and over he starts like doing all kinds of weird shit like he would like one day he ate all the uh you know um snacks and stuff all the pastries and stuff like that in the whole house until he was so full you know he wanted to puke and then like uh, you know, he is just like because he had he has so so many days of doing this that he decides to start doing this. So, so like at the end of the movie, he actually can play the guitar like a real pro because he's played it for how many days, you know, throughout the film. Um, uh, and that's my number five. Uh, I was trying to look to see uh, who was actually what the one guy's name was that's in it because uh, he's actually really famous from a bunch of stuff. But uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick here. But uh, I know it's bad podcasting, but uh it's one of the older actors, uh, and he's really fantastic and all this stuff. Dude, I, I don't think anybody's ever accused us oh, uh, of Bruce Dern. podcasting. Yeah, Bruce Dern. <clears throat> yeah, Bruce Dern, he plays the grandpa in it. And, you know, Bruce Dern is just fun. and I always love him and everything he's he's done. He's a great old actor. Uh, but that's my number five. And then, uh, so, and my number four, of course, everybody knows this one. And everybody <laughs> loves Hold on, I got to interrupt. If you dig Bruce Dern, have you ever seen his biker movies from the 60s? No, I have not. Yeah. He 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 Bruce Dern was one of the guys that was hanging out with Corman and Nicholson. 
He's in a okay. bunch of biker movies. All right, I'm gonna have to check some of those out. There was a bunch of stuff I wanted to in, check in out. In fact, Laura Dean was conceived on one of those biker movies. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was a lot of, like I had mentioned before, there was a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, you always give us a bunch of uh, cool films to check out and stuff. And I was going to check about a bunch out, but being this was our, um, uh, you know, this is the holidays, I haven't really had a chance to. And then, you know, being this is our Christmas one, I figure, you know, we'd wait to get into some of that stuff until later on after all this. But anyway, so, but uh, my number five was Pete's Christmas. My number four is one that everybody knows and everybody loves. It's ever seen it. And then obviously Gremlins, I mean, can't go wrong with Gremlins. It's just one of my, you know, it's a must watch every year. You know, it's one of those, obviously. And if you don't know what Gremlins is, then you need to go watch that right now. I so. haven't watched Gremlins in maybe 10 years. Oh, yeah, man. I love it. Just the first I, one. Oh, you know, the I second one is kind of. Eh. Yeah, I, I like the funny. second one. too. Yeah, that first well, one was classic. Christopher Lee, dude. Home. Christopher Lee. I mean. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I need to watch Gremlins. That's that's a. I think I, I'm going to have to watch it sometime. In the what next was it? Uh, 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 Dick, uh, Dick Miller. Yeah, Dick, I was gonna say Dick Miller. Yeah, he's fantastic in that. Yeah. And you know, do you know that the the wife in that movie who plays Dick Miller's wife, Mrs. Futterman, she's the hottie blonde from the original '60s, or the hottie hottie girlfriend from the original '60s Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I actually yeah. Had that on VHS. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, because when when Rick, you know Rick Moranis one, yeah. Well, but like you, but like you, the original, yeah, the, but like the the gremlin, well, not the Rick Mick, Rick Mick, not, not the Rick Moranis one, but I'm done with the original Corman yeah, film yeah. because you well, know well. obviously Dick Miller and her they were both Corman kind of like they worked with Roger Corman more than once, Dick Miller especially, but like so when um, Dante was making the movie and he cast Dick Miller, he decided he wanted to go find another Corman regular or Corman actress to play the wife, so that's how they got in there nice yeah so yeah so i got uh pete's christmas and number five number four is gremlins of course number three everybody loves this one too and knows this one uh, i don't know what your take is on it but i mean everybody i've ever talked to loves this one that's home alone you know kevin McAllister getting lost and or it's, you yeah, know, great. it's a great it's a great movie yeah. i mean yeah that's... Hey, i'm a little old for it you yeah. know i was in college well, when it came out yeah, I saw it in the theater when it came out. So, because I was a little kid yeah. and I actually saw it literally in the theater. And, and so it's like, it's always stuck with me as one of my favorites just because I saw it in the theater, you know, the original first one, you know, and its first first run when it was, you know, in December when it was, you know, the, oh, yeah. that first. Well, and I did too. I mean, I'm, to me, it's it's weird because of the generational thing. To you, it's probably a Kevin McAllister movie or a, or a Macaulay Culkin movie. Yeah. To me, it's a Joe Pesci movie. Oh yeah, I could un- totally understand that. You know what yeah. I really love about that too is I saw this whole thing on it, and so those, uh, you know, this is one of the things that's really cool about this film is that, and people never talk about, but um, and I saw a documentary on it, and they were talking about it and stuff or, or whatever I saw. I can't remember exactly where I saw this, but um, but they were talking about the um, the stunt guys in it, how those guys actually like the times when they fall and they slip and fall and do things like that, they actually were actually like falling, like when the guy gets hit in the face with the paint can, he actually didn't get hit in the face with the paint can, but when he get when he flies off the stairs, the real stuntman actually did that and landed on his back. When he slips outside and stuff, a lot of those things they those stuntmen actually did, and they were said they were really hurt afterwards. But they kept doing it, and the director was like, "Dude, you know, uh, I think you know, because uh, what is it, Dante or whatever?" No, I think it's Christopher Columbus or Chris. Chris oh yeah, Chris Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, but uh, yeah, and he's like, he was like, you don't have to hurt yourself, you know, 
for me for this you know and he but he, they were like well you know this is what we do we're stuntmen we're gonna do it and those that that's why the this you know the, the action scenes in that when they get hurt and stuff looks so real because it's actually real people really doing real stuff so it's not cgi there's no no dummies there's no it's real people really hurting themselves for your you know for your entertainment so that's that's one of the co coolest things i've ever heard on you know about a film so i was like man I, that always stuck with me once i heard it. i was like man i love that you know just for that but uh so anyways my number two uh is is this one rare exports that a lot of people don't talk about or even really know yeah. about um i saw this one in the theater too when it first came out um which it's not even that old it's only um you know like less i think it's less than a decade old or whatever uh if i remember i can't think of the year it was made right now but uh yeah rare exports and it's a um Oh, I, I want to say like a Finnish film or something like that, but uh, and I don't want to be wrong because I said that before about one of the films. I thought yes. it was uh, something, and I, and just recently we I had said uh, I said one of them was a British film, and it wasn't. It was actually an Australian film. On one of our last episodes, we were talking. Uh, it, it it is Finnish because they okay. the it's Finland. It's on the border with Russia. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. And, yeah, and it's, it's a 2010 movie. I, I like it as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's about a father and son, and the son, uh, you know, discovers that uh, they they find this thing. They think it's a Santa Claus, and they basically this guy, this weird guy, and they find him. They think he's a Santa Claus, and they find out, uh, you know, and really not to give a lot of spoilers away here, but uh, they find out that uh, you know, there's this giant monster thing that's the actual Santa Claus, and that uh, these people they found uh, this guy that they found that there's more of him and those are the actual elves and they're trying to defrost yeah. giant santa claus with the horns and stuff to unleash him and hey, man, that shit is the nordic oh, take okay. on on saint nicholas is yeah. the nordic german basically a lot of the, a lot of the northern european takes um it's where you get a lot of the krampus and and that yeah. kind of yeah. yeah this is this is not the santa claus you're expecting you yeah know? no that's why man i you know i just i absolutely adore that one just because nobody's ever done anything like that and it's not like and spoilers i guess a little he's like you don't get to see it or anything but that's the point it's not supposed to be like it's, it doesn't matter if you see it or not the threat of of what if they find because they found it uh buried in a mountain and people are excavating it and shit it's crazy anyway well, the russians are trying to melt them yeah check that shit out if you've never seen that one that's i mean I, and i would say that's my favorite one but you know as horror wise it is but the only other one that beats that for me is my my number one pick which would be bad santa which i saw in the theater as well and i just freaking love billy bob thornton and bad santa and uh uh you know the little kid and with the sandwiches and oh my god there's so many like classic jokes in there and just so many quotable lines and I can't ever get enough of that where the, you know, um, I forget her name, but the girl who was from like, uh, the, the mom and Gilmore girls and she was in news radio and stuff. And she's like, Place yeah. the girl. That's, that's his love interest. And she's like, they're having sex. And she's like, fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa. And it's like, oh man, there's so many like crazy, funny, weird things in that movie. And oh, I just love it. I mean, yeah. I, I, so that's my favorite one of all time. It's just, and I saw it in the theater and I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. And I, every time I watch that movie, I cannot stop laughing. They made a second one, which kind of ruined it a little bit uh, because the second one's not as good, although it has Kathy Bates in it. Um, but it's still fun. But that first one, the first bad Santa, when it came out, it was classic. Nobody had seen a Santa like that being that, you know, I mean, there was like, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, but that's different because he's a slasher killer. This was just a jackass asshole drunk Santa Claus, you know, uh, just talking 
you know, cursing and doing all kinds of crazy shit and beating up, uh, you know, fake uh, reindeers because he's drunk and and shit like that. Oh man, I love that movie. But yeah, that's my that's my favorite one of all time uh, for Christmas ones. But yeah, I, I had to say that uh, uh, it's a wonderful life is definitely creeping its way up on that list, though, man. So, so let me ask you a question. This is a question we almost ask each other, and 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 I won't say that I I, I won't judge you because you will be judged on your answer. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah. There have been a million adaptations of of this story, but which is and you know whether it's it's the traditional take or something like Scrooged, which is your favorite take? Well, um, that was the original, one of the original ones. I can't remember which one it was, but I saw well, There's one like, from the 30s that nobody ever talks about. I, that might be the one, because it's one that was so old, and I swear it was in black and white, too. So I don't know. That could be it. Oh, there's uh, like five or six versions made in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, no, because, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There was because, one of them that was like, I watched it as a kid, and, and it's it always has stuck with me, but I've never seen that same one since. So that as is my answer however w- w- without being able to pin that one down my i would say my real one is the one you already actually mentioned scrooged because i just love scrooge i mean bill murray's fantastic in that you know it's it's got those you know the crazy ghosts of christmas past and present and, and you know all that i mean the you know the ma- the costumes the makeup on them are i mean just you know top notch and it's bill murray i mean you know scrooge just a ton of fun i love watching him yell at people and you know but so, you know, if i could ever find that old one man i don't know which one it was but one of those you know one of those go to archive.org they've got all the old ones because they're all public domain okay i'm gonna have to check them out yeah because there's yeah. one that's like, i've never been able to actually you know find the one i watched that always stuck with me but there was one of them that i it just always kind of you know stayed with me for some reason or another which actually i do kind of have a little hidden gem myself i found this movie just well hey, i have to tell you though go ahead. yeah i gotta tell you my favorite yeah go ahead probably because i grew up not with this movie but i grew up with with the muppets it's the oh, Muppet yeah. one yeah it, it you know michael kane it's just yeah, i love that one too oh yeah you know i even now, like when a new, when the, like that new Muppet movie came out and I was well into my, almost in my fifties when that new Muppet movie came out, uh, I, I, I had to watch it and I loved it. I, I just, you know, I'm not an Amy Adams person, but I'm like, dude, it's, it's yeah. freaking Muppets. Um, yeah, I grew up with it too, you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen that one. I've seen that one probably more times than any of the other ones I've actually watched. Scrooge is getting up there though. Cause I literally, I started a couple, you know, probably about 10 years ago. Now I've been literally watching Scrooge every year. So it's yeah, like getting the up there. Patrick right. Stewart one is really, really good as well. Yeah. But you know, I think maybe the best of all time, like traditional take on it. That's not Muppets and not Bill Murray. Probably that George C. Scott version. See, and that might be the one actually. But that's not in black and white. That's in color. Okay, so yeah, so then because it, it was a black and white one that I saw. Whatever the yeah, black no, there's there's several older versions of it. I mean, you know, like here's like, the thing that when by the time movies became a thing in the twenties and and teens, um, and became an industry that was already public. Dickens was already public domain, so everybody could have their bite at that apple. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I first grew up as a kid, you know, we still had. I mean, it could have been a it could have been a colored movie in black and white, like we had talked about this before. It could have because I, you know, I remember we had black and white TVs, obviously, uh, but so I don't know if it was just because I was watching on a black and white TV or or maybe I don't know, but but yeah, you know, I I, I grew up as a kid of the '80s watching TV, you know, my face glued to a screen, so I've seen a lot of these old things too that they replayed at the times, you know, it's just I some of these things I couldn't remember or they, you know, I, I lost the title and just you know or never knew it, like so this is what I was going to say. I found this uh, kind of a hidden gem myself. Not really like the greatest movie, but I think it's really fun and I had fun watching it again and I hadn't seen it in so many years and this is one I've been looking for kind of, uh, and it was called. Uh, Oh, shoot. Let me pull it back up again, because I had just, uh, I was just watching it, uh, like, two nights ago, um, and it's called Must Be Santa. It's a 1999 TV movie, and it uh, stars um, uh, Dabney Coleman, and then uh, a guy named Arnold uh, Pinnock, uh, who plays, basically, like, uh, there's a, so Santa, uh, they want to pass on the Santa or whatever. And so Santa kind of dies basically. And then they have to pass, pass on, you know, the Santa thing to a new person. And so there was this guy running from the uh, cops and stuff and he runs into the Santa, the real Santa in a, in this uh, shopping mall. And, um, the real Santa passes on basically the thing to that guy and they don't know it. And so they're like, Santa dies. And then they're like, well, who's going to be the new Santa? He's got to pass it on to somebody, but they don't realize he already basically passed it on to that guy. So then they find out that that's the guy and it's this black guy, you know, it's a, you know, he's, he's become Santa and he, you know, which is kind of funny that they had him like running from the cops and stuff in the beginning. It's kind of uh, nowadays wouldn't fly, but um, you know, that's the movie. It was a t made for TV movie. And it was like, it's just, you know, it's crazy. And so he becomes a new Santa, you know, and there's elves and there's all kinds of, you know, insanity ensues and stuff. It's one of those just cool old, you know, kind of family ones that everybody can watch and have fun with. And um, you can find it for free on uh, YouTube right now, uh, which, which is funny because they are actually, um, they're um, charging for it um, on some other uh, streaming site, but I found it for free on YouTube and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just watch that then, you know, so. So I, I just did a little bit of research. Yeah. Um, I was incorrect. Um, one of the, the, the earliest survive. So there's ones before the earliest surviving film version of a Christmas Carol is called Scrooge. And it's from 1901. It's a silent film. So they've been shooting this stuff. Wow, since 1901 for 122 years. They like the, the list of <laughs> of movies of versions is crazy. Um, because I was looking for the one. I bet you the movie you're thinking of is a movie called it's it's a Christmas Carol from 1938, and it's got a British actor named um Reginald Owen in it. That's that's like that's the classic one. Yeah, that might yeah. be it. That, that of the black and white movies that's the one that probably got there's a ton of them but that's probably the one that got the most play play yeah and, that, and that's probably it then i would assume mm -hmm. which i'm gonna check that out as soon as i get out as soon as we get done with this so i'm gonna look it up you know what i mean because like i said <laughs> that was i don't know man i i don't really care for that story too much unless it's told like in a funny way like the bill murray stuff but that one film it always stuck with me and that was the one was like if i could ever see that one again i'd actually watch that just because like you said that thing has been played and redone so many times it's like i, I you know 
I've seen, I don't know, countless versions of it. And so it's like, I, at some point I just stopped watching it and really caring, you know, although mm-hmm. I, I should uh, give them up at one, uh, you know, at some point I should give them up at one to play again because, <laughs> you know, it's actually really fun and, you know, which yeah. I saw a really funny me- meme today about uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy and they had kids and the kids were all mutated freaks because they're half frog and half pig. Yeah, that probably wouldn't end well. Yeah, that's neither here nor nor there but uh <laughs> all right so, so do we want to wrap this up and and get real quick to the movie we were going to cover yes all right so we're going to really quickly go through this one um i don't know if you are forced to suffer through hallmark christmas movies but my wife watches them um i think she starts watching them in january uh and then what and then she t- basically takes two weeks out of the year a break from them and then starts watching it again in january because Hallmark always has Christmas movies on. Oh, yeah. Free <laughs> of July. You can find them in March. Oh, yeah. April. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But, so, like, the Sci-Fi Channel did something really clever. And they took a... They basically shot it. And it's acted and shot and set up with the story. Because all these Hallmark movies have one plot. Girl from the big city goes back home, finds love, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, and then quits her job and moves uh-huh. back to take care of a guy or to to be with some guy and and take care of his kid now this movie pokes fun at that but it's basically the same plot line and it's called letters to satan clause and the whole key of this thing is our main actress who goes back to this little town she hates christmas because her parents were chopped up and left under a tree yeah. and you find out it's because she didn't get like the not it's not barbie but whatever darby 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 dream mobile yeah um <laughs> and, and as a little girl, she got angry and wrote a letter, but misspelled Santa. So watch out the typo, kitties. Yeah. Uh, she misspelled Santa, Satan, and wrote a letter to Satan Claus. And now as an adult, she comes back to town um, for Christmas as a jaded reporter and, and basically to get a, an anchor position. And there's the love interest. And I love the fact, like, the gay guy at the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the gay guy at the um uh cookie store yeah. is basically in love with this farmer and, and they would yeah. like just have so much fun because like it turns out the farmer is actually a prince who came here looking yeah. for love and he found yeah. love yeah. it's yeah. like all the hallmark dumbass plot line boxes oh, are being like checked the town's called ornament yeah or ornaments yeah. i can't remember if there's an s or not but yeah i'm like what the hell who who the, who the hell would name a town like that anyway <laughs> Yeah, but but it's like they they you know there's a but it's funny because like all these there's all these like love interests and she just wants to basically bang these guys do that what she needs to do and go back home. Yeah, and you get to the end of the movie and she basically is like, yeah, no, you're a good guy, but no, I'm not marrying you, and she leaves town. Yeah, she goes back to the city and her job. It's just like so like when she comes back to ornaments, so so she she's like. Uh, she decides to taunt Satan for being a dick and writes him another letter. And so then Satan Claus comes back and starts killing people left and right. And uh, this was one of those things too, where I, I saw this on, I think it was the shark exploitation movie or whatever uh, uh, documentary. I think that's where I saw this, but they were talking about uh, when they do the sci-fi films, they have this, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a thing that they, uh, they, 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 they can't think of the title. word right now, but they, 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 they grab a title and then they make a movie. Well, no. Uh, so they have this thing. It's like so they have a certain amount of scenes in the film because oh, of yeah. commercials and stuff, right? And so the every formula. 
Yeah, formula. That's the one I was looking. The way I was looking for. So they have a certain formula they do where they have um, in each segment in between commercials that they have to have a minor gag and a major gag. And a minor gag could be something like just saying Satan Claus is going to come, and then the major gag would be like, oh no, all of a sudden Satan Claus is here killing somebody. So every, you know, like. 10 you know five ten minutes or however long and before between commercials you get to see some you know gags and stuff so you get to see a bunch of kills and stuff there's a ton of kills and stuff it's really uh you know really slapsticky the only thing i really didn't like was the fact that uh satan claus sounds like such a weak little like not saying like a girl but like a little kid almost and it's like i, th- I wish he would have had a deeper more gruffier you know voice uh but that was kind of my only really like thing. It is slow in certain areas. There's sometimes there's things that just kind of don't make so much sense and stuff. Ooh, but, but but dude, buddy, like really even when it's fun, slow, man. yeah, even when it's slow though, if you know the Hallmark movies, oh yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. the like like the fake snow that blows oh, yeah. all across all the time, but nobody has a breath. You don't see their breath because it's not cold. Yeah. They're like shooting it in July. It's yeah, they're dying under these clothes. But they then they're having like fake snow blowed on them. But it, they do it so obvious here, it's like almost blowing up from. They just just so many things where they just like, yeah, hey, check it out. Yeah, and it's I mean, Saint Claus just shows up like all throughout the entire movie so many times, and it's like so many kills and stuff. And I don't know, I watched it twice because the first time I watched it, I was kind of really tired, and I actually kind of fell asleep towards the end, and not because the movie was boring or anything. I was really tired. So when I watched it again, and I was like, man, like knowing now, you know, knowing the second time around, I thought it was even a better watch because I already knew kind of what was going on, and so this time I could pay attention to the minor gags and the major gags and things like that, and so I was kind of really leaning into it that second one, and I, yeah, man, it was just a ton of fun, and you know, it's a made-for-TV movie, it's not, you know, it's not like crazy, but there is some good gore and stuff, you know, it's like the 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 couple with the one lady who's the mayor and she's so ditzy and then she has this this song that everybody hates and the one girl's like it's gonna you know like i can't listen to this or blah 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 and so then all of a sudden satan claus pops up and puts the song on and it's playing and she can't stop and then her and the guy's ears start bleeding you know just Mm -hmm. start shooting blood out of their ears and stuff you know it's like man some of that shit was hilarious so oh yeah Yeah, it's an absurd movie but it's a fun movie and again it, it it's not to be taken seriously. Somebody was like, you know, not we should all. make a we should make a parody of the Hallmark, and it, that's what it is. Yeah, totally. you know what it is? It's the Sharknado. Yeah, it is. Hallmark it's movie. goofy. I actually really enjoyed it, man. I really loved. It. I I was like, yeah. I can't believe they actually somebody was smart enough to do something like that. I mean, it was just a ton of fun, to be honest. It really was. It was just. I'm, I'm just I'm just bummed more people don't know about it. Yeah, because I mean, uh, when I brought it up to you, you were like, "What?" And I'm like, "It's not that's a, that's not an unusual thing." Like horror fans, yeah. they just got lost in a shuffle of all the weird sci-fi channel movies. Yeah, when it comes it's to TV like, movies too, yeah, it's hard to you know. Yeah, like but I said, like, I just this... found that that one must be Santa that I hadn't even you know seen in how long since 1999 or whenever you know. It's like because it was a TV movie, you know. So yeah, but yeah, they they tend to get lost in the shuffle of TV movies and stuff. All right, and so that's pretty much going to do it for us. Um, did you have any? Uh, you have something you wanted to pay, possibly cover for next uh, the next episode? If not, I have something we could cover. What are you thinking? Up to you. Well, I was uh, thinking since it's um, you know we're getting close to the new year. Uh, next time we record, it'll probably be really close to it. So I would I was thinking cover this uh, film. Not a lot of people have seen it. It's a New Year's film called Two Hundred Cigarettes. What is that? 
uh just a new year's film you know about people going out and partying and you know people falling in love and hooking up and stuff like that but uh the cast in it is i mean it's out of this world let me tell you a couple people who are in it real quick uh ben affleck casey affleck dave Chappelle. um uh let me see here who else uh elvis costello uh uh janine garofalo gabby hoffman kate hudson i mean uh courtney love uh there's so many people in it. jay moore uh i mean it's just uh, martha plimpton christina ricci paul rudd i mean there's it's it's just so many people in it uh but yeah it's just just a, a you know a new year's kind of film people celebrate new year you know it's like it takes place on new year's eve and everybody trying to get to these parties and stuff and everybody's trying you know trying to hook up and and you know just party and have fun All right, let me look here. It's up to you. I mean, if you want to see it, yeah, it's one you might have to try to find because I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now, actually. So, but I have it on DVD, of course. So, uh, I saw it back when it first came out and I loved it. It was when I used to work at Blockbuster. So it came out, shoot, uh, 1999. <laughs> let me look at something here, real quick. But I mean, if not, we can cover something else. I just thought, you know, being a was close to you know we'd be close to re recording close to around that that time so yeah i'm not seeing it anywhere yeah if you can't find it then that's obviously we can't cover it but because i don't think it is streaming anywhere well it said prime but prime doesn't have it in our neck of the woods oh yeah i hate when they do that all right, let me check one more thing. But if not, we, you know, if you got something you want to maybe do, or I just really dig that <laughs> film, and I've never had anybody really ever. I've never talked it with about uh, about it with anybody, so I kind of was like open to maybe, you know, get get you since I respect your opinion a ton, and you know, I would like to actually hear somebody who knows shit about movies talk. You know, tell me what they thought about that film. So. Yeah, it doesn't look like you can get it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's not even on. Yeah, because it said Prime, but it's not on Prime either. I wonder why the hell. I don't know, man. I keep finding those ones that you can't find anywhere for some damn reason. On. <laughs> Let's bookmark this one because it it looks like a movie that eventually will show up somewhere. Yeah, especially if pe more people start talking about it, you know. And I noticed that. Uh, uh, because it hadn't even supposedly been on prime when I had looked for it a couple of years ago. Um, and then, cause I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was, I started looking all over, I couldn't find it. And so I finally bought a DVD, but um, so I, yeah, I guess they still haven't streamed it anywhere, but it's so, it's so crazy. Yeah. I keep finding these, I keep finding these ones that people don't want to stream for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Just, they probably don't know about them. So who knows? Like nuns on the run. So do you want to do a new year's movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you got another one, you want to... I do. Yeah. Hey, here's the one that I always people always forget takes place on New Year's Eve. How about Four Rooms from oh, Tarantino yeah. and Rodriguez? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally down for that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that is actually... Yeah. That's a movie I haven't watched probably in 20 years. Yeah, I haven't watched it in probably in about like five years or so, but I yeah, I've watched that one more than once. I've watched it a good handful of times, so... You know, it looks like it's got a bunch of cool folks in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. That's a good one. Because it's like... Yeah, Tim Roth, Antonio Banderas, Jennifer Beals. Oh, yeah. Uh, Madonna. 
Oh yeah. Jesus. Marisa Tomei. Yeah, this is this is definitely. Yeah, I think this yeah. will be fun. Yeah, we'll do, yeah we'll cover that one. Yeah, that's another good pick because the only other one I was thinking is like I didn't want to cover that one. It's called literally New Year's Eve. <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah like, do me a favor like <laughs> you would never promise me you'll never ask me to watch new year's evil oh yeah yeah no worries on that that movie is <laughs> dreadful yeah no worries on that one i haven't seen that in a long long time man. you ain't miss shit <laughs> yeah, yeah because it's not very good so i <laughs> yeah that's that's not that's not a fun way evil. to take off the yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of just <laughs> it's just kind of dumb. Yeah, I do. Sorry, I la- I'm laughing because it's <laughs> just thinking about it, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. But all right, well that'll do it for us this this time. So we'll uh we'll cover uh, uh what'd you say it was again? Shoot. Four rooms. Nineteen ninety five's four rooms. Yeah. Hey, you got um, Rodriguez, Tarantino, and two people I don't think ever did any. That was like it was like. Yeah, you know, the weird part is this was a this was a an attempt from I think it was Mir yeah Miramax it was an attempt from Miramax Uh-oh. to uh, to feature four of their directors, um, and each one shoots like I think like a twenty or twenty minute half an hour long um, for each of their rooms yeah yeah for each of the rooms so they, it was it was like a it was like a way to feature up and coming filmmakers. Two of them kept up and coming, and I don't think the other two went anywhere. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, sounds like a good, sounds like plan. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I do want to, like, say, bookmark two hundred cigarettes. Yeah, I, I always like to tell people about that one because, man, that cast on that one <clears throat> is just ridiculous. I well, mean, hey, so and, many, and the, and that's when they were younger. All those people were a lot younger in nineteen ninety nine. So, well, basically, and, and like. That, it's like that New Year's movie that they have now has so many stars in it, but it's it's that, but independent and back from back in the day. So, mm-hmm. well, and you know, it also will will help prove the fact that um, Paul Rudd is a vampire. <laughs> he still looks pretty much the same in that movie. He doesn't man. age. I'm telling you, yeah, I love him. He's one of my favorites, man. I just absolutely adore that guy. Anything he's in, he always makes it better. Oh my God! Courtney Love is in this damn thing. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying, man. There's a ton of people, and, I mean, and she doesn't look like and she doesn't look like she got hit by a truck. No, that was when she was younger. Before she had got gotten into that was like a, right when she had started to release her own uh, CDs and stuff. She was kind of getting fame, you know, kind of getting famous there. She kind of blew up a little bit. But yeah, it has even Elvis Costello, which like, I always thought that was kind of funny. Oh, I think I'm saying that right. I'm saying that Johansson too. Cool. But yeah, yeah, there's so many people in that one. Uh, That's why I say it's just like Christina Ricci and uh, there's so many. She she, and she does a shitty like Brooklyn accent in it. Oh man, it's it's so awesome. (laughs) Not even listed on the featured cast. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's because I said that. I mean, it's just stacked from top to bottom. That entire freaking movie. That's what I think that they that that newer one that new <clears throat> that they made only a few years ago. I think that that's exactly what like they basically. I think they stole the idea and and you know 
because there's so many names in that new one. And it's like, you guys basically just redid 200 cigarettes and did it your own way. And you're like, oh, look, we got this new movie. It's like, no, yet you, you got a cast stack from top to bottom. That's what 200 cigarettes did before you even ever even thought about making this movie. So, but anyways, that's neither here yeah. nor there. So, yeah, we'll leave you, leave you guys here and we'll say goodbye and catch you on the next episode when we review four rooms. That should be a good, good fun one. So, yeah, had a long time. Yeah, Okay. Well, stay safe out there. Yeah, do that. This is a story of boy meets girl. They made a statue of us. The boy, Tom Hansen, grew up believing that he'd never truly be happy until the day he met the one. The girl, Summer Finn, did not share this belief. You should know up front, this is not a love story. This is murder. 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 Are you scared? Don't be. Those masterminds of detection, those terrific sleuths Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, will solve this crime. Where are they? Where are the bodies? Easy. In all the kingdom of the living. There is no more deadly or voracious creature than the praying mantis. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.